Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm excited to share episode number 75 of our podcast with you. I am joined by Austin Knight. He's currently a baseball coach in the Seattle Mariners organization down in the Dominican Republic. He played his college baseball at Dallas Baptist University. Incredible man of God, just high character, passion for the gospel. I cannot wait for you to hear from him, so let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Austin. You got it. Thanks for having me. You bet. So I always like to start these off with a little background information so so kind of listeners have a foundation of who you are. So if you don't mind, start us out with tell us a little about uh, where you're from, a little about your family, what sports you played, and um, anything else you'd like the listeners to know. Sure. Yeah, I grew up in Denton, Texas, just north of Dallas. Um, got a great family. Mom and dad um, are great. Dad's a restaurant man. Mom's a uh, elementary school PE teacher got a brother that's playing professional baseball uh, sister that's in the restaurant business married one of my my high school buddies that uh, and they just had a, a kid two years ago so got a little one running around but all is good at the night household and um, yeah played as many sports as I could growing up and settled in on baseball and wasn't uh wasn't good enough to play beyond college uh, so I started coaching so here we are yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So you, you you talked about your family. Did you grow up in a uh, – let's talk about your faith journey. Did you grow up in a sure. family of faith? And then at what point did you realize that you needed that personal relationship with Jesus? Yeah, yeah. Um, I did. My 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 parents were, were very open to the faith and encouraged it. Um, I wouldn't say it was a, a huge, huge priority necessarily growing up, which um, – was good in some ways because I, you know, felt like it was my own, um, when I started to really dig in and that happened in, in middle school, um, which I know is early, er, earlier than a lot of people, a friend invited me to youth group. And, uh, honestly, I just fell in love with the youth minister was a amazing man of God and, um, super respectable. And I, I basically did, whatever he told me to do, read, read the Bible. Okay. I'm going to read it, you know? And so I guess, yeah. um, you know, John 14, six is what, you know, I still lean on and, and what got me as a 12 year old, you know, I'm the way, the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except through me. And, and I had to make a decision, which I believe that we all do at some point, you know, Jesus is either telling the truth or he's lying or he's crazy. Right. And we, right. we have to decide what we want to do with him. So that's, been two steps forward one step back since then that's awesome so, yeah very good and we'll talk a little bit about faith a, um, a little bit later um, you mentioned um, not playing past college in, in baseball so talk about I mean you had a successful high school career so talk about um, being recruited and how you ended up at Dallas Baptist University sure <clears throat> yeah they were uh, one of the few schools that that recruited me and I I don't know there was just something you know I was a sophomore in high school played in, in a little summer ball tournament there um with my with my summer high school team at the time and I honestly had never heard about Dallas Baptist and I grew up an hour down the road huh. and the, the campus was beautiful um you know there were statues that that said you know Jesus that said you know will you follow me and I was at a time, you know, in my life, like I said, where I'm, I'm trying to do, do this uh, walk with Jesus well, and 
learning more. And, and anyway, at that point, I just started researching the school and um, it all kind of fell into place where they uh, they had an interest. And, um, you know, I knew that the Bible was something I was interested in studying and learning more about. And then I knew I loved baseball and both of those things came together and I ended up getting a degree in biblical studies and kinesiology. And so anyway, it was, it was a perfect match and really, really good people there. So what years were you there? I started in 2007 and I finished in 2010 as a player. And then I coached the next two years there in 11 and 12. And I, I can't recall the baseball that far back. I mean, I know it's not that far back, but baseball-wise, but I know as of late, I mean, DBU is turning into quite the baseball school. They are, yeah. The Dan Heefner is the head coach there, and he started his first year in 08 was uh, his first year as the head coach. He was the hitting okay. coach there for a few years prior. And they've honestly – they've been good for years and years at the NAIA and Division Two level. I think it was early 2000s that DBU became Division One, um, and yeah, actually, I, th I think one of one of the questions we're going to tackle is, you know, one of one of my memories in my career and my first year coaching in 2011, uh, we went to a super regional, so we were a step away from the College World Series. Little old, you know, Dallas Baptist making some noise. So, um, yeah, yeah, they they've been doing a lot of good things and. and doing it in the right way too which i'm i think most proud of yeah absolutely i that's the that's the year i, I recall really first noticing and actually living in the metroplex but first mm -hmm. noticing dallas Battles baseball was the the, the super regional year yeah uh, that that's was, right kind of and it seemed like it kind of picked up some fans just in the local area you know started getting excited about it. you don't hear anything about college baseball really in the dallas area just because it's you know, it's just so, so big. There's so many things going on. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. So, you, so you, you mentioned you coached there a couple of years and then um, I know when we talked, you mentioned uh, doing some coaching down at, down at A&M. Mm -hmm. uh, so talk about, you know, why you want to be a coach and that coaching journey. Sure. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what, or where exactly the Lord was going to lead me. I, I have, since I was 12 years old, since I, you know, gave my life to the Lord, I've had this, I'm sure like a lot of people listening, just a, a prick in my spirit about evangelism and, you know, sharing with, with the lost and having a concern for that. And I'm, I think in part because of the church I grew up in really emphasize that. And then in part, it's just something, you know, that the Lord, put on me and I, I don't like it all the time, but so, yeah. you know, go, going, uh, you know, journeying through the years with the Lord, just kind of thinking about, you know, number one, I want to play for as long as I can. Um, like, like most kids who play baseball. Um, and like I said, I got a Bible degree to kind of keep that door open. Cause I, I always thought, you know, I don't necessarily think I'm being led to be a pastor, but perhaps, in some type of ministry or evangelistic role. Um, but at the end of my senior year, my head coach said, hey, there's going to be a coaching job that opens up at the end of this year. And if you don't get a chance to continue to play, I'd love for you to do that. And so, you know, through talking to him and seeking counsel and praying, uh, I just 
thought that that's where the Lord was leading me and, and, uh, I haven't looked back. So I'm thankful, thankful that, uh, that was an easy decision, um, for me, which I know it's not for everybody deciding what right. you want to do. I've had plenty of other tough ones that aren't as clear, but that one was, so that was good. Well, I mean, you, you could, I'm not going to say argue, but I mean, arguably you're in ministry now, right? Coaching 100%. is, is 100%. ministry. Uh, yes. So, and I know as I've started this podcast journey 18 or 19 months ago and talked to a number of coaches, most of them, that's, that's kind of their heart is yeah. they see it as, as being in full-time ministry, just that's right. Not on staff at a church. Right. I agree. You know, you're, you're spending, I, I mean, hours and hours and hours with the same group of kids, you know, for a long, long time period. And so it's, it's just built in discipleship at your job, you know, so I, I feel very fortunate to, to, yeah, be in a career that it, it's so, um, it's so easily, um, you know, accessible and right in your face. Yeah. So. Amen. And right now you're with the Seattle Mariners organization. Um, I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about that role, but I know when you and I first connected, you were at home in the Dallas area just for a few days. Spring training was over. You just got your assignment. You're in the Dominican, um, which I'm a huge baseball fan. So just chatting before we starting, started recording, <laughs> kind of understanding that, because that, I, I didn't even realize every team had affiliates down in the Dominican. So talk about mm-hmm. um, how you got into coaching pro ball and kind of what your role is now um, in the Dominican. Sure. <clears throat> so... Like I said, I didn't play professional baseball, never was even on my radar as an option. I was at a, a junior college after I coached at Texas A&M, after I coached at Dallas Baptist. And um, I ran into um, a man named Andy McKay, who's our farm director. He's our director of player development for the Seattle Mariners, which is, um, you know, he's, he's the big dog. And he coached me in a summer league in Wisconsin. Hmm. called the Northwoods League. I was playing at Dallas Baptist, and they send kids to different leagues throughout the country in the summers. And uh, he was coaching at junior college at the time. Well, anyway, he, like I said, he's now with the Mariners. Ran into him at a conference. Um, we, you know, caught up, and he said, man, you, you know, if you ever want to get into pro ball, you know, I'd love to have you. And so it kind of got my, my wheels spinning and thought and prayed through that, and an opportunity opened up. And so my first year with the Mariners, I was in – Everett, Washington, with our short season A team as a hitting coach. And then I was in Modesto, California last year um, as an assistant coach. And then this opportunity in the Dominican opened up um, as a manager. And I actually traveled to the Dominican in 2011 with our Dallas Baptist team, my first year coaching. And, yeah, I just – I really enjoy the culture, the energy. The the baseball is obviously huge. Um, really, really great people. And um, – yeah, I just wanted to take a little adventure, so um, I'm right in the middle of it. Yeah, no kidding. So how are, so, uh, in the minor league system, how are coaches assigned? Yeah, there's, there is, there's a lot that goes into it. I, I would say that every situation is different. Okay. You know, some, some people have families, some people are single, um, some people, you know, want want to move up and make it to the big leagues, but I think some people are, um, you know, feel like their strengths are with the lower level kids. And, um, you know, so there, there's a lot that plays into it. You know, you, you want coaching staffs to mesh. You, there's gotta be openings. Um, 
you know, so every year is different. Every situation is different, but it's, it's not quite like um, players who obviously their ultimate um, desire is to be in the big leagues. That's, that's not always the case with coaches. So do you have an off season? I mean, a small, a small baseball is not, <laughs> uh, I know the season doesn't run year round, but how does that, right. how does the winter work for you as a, as a young coach? Yeah. So the Dominican's unique in that we have, we have a six week instructional league is what they call it. Um, part of October and part of November. And then also another seven week phase um, in January and part of February. And so at the end of the day, we're, we're here for, you know, roughly nine months um, in the States at our other affiliates, it's uh, roughly, you know, six, six months on six months off. And it, it's not always that clean though. You know, we have conferences right. that we need to attend and those types of things. And then, you know, a strength camp for six weeks in Arizona, which is where our spring training is, is held. And um, so anyway, that's, that's kind of the, the general setup. You spend half the year, wherever home is and then half the year with the club. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned, um, the super regional, maybe being a, one of your greatest memories. Is there any other memory that stands out you want to add to it? Whew. That, you know, <laughs> anybody that has played or coached those, those teams that went the furthest always stick out, you know, just cause you have that bond with those guys. And, and so th that would be, um, yeah, towards the top of the list. The other ones, you know, Texas A&M, I met some incredible people. The junior college experience was was amazing. It was my first opportunity at being a recruiting coordinator and a head coach. Um, loved the man that I was working for. And then this opportunity in the Dominican, honestly, may be the, the highlight of my career thus far. So that's now what I'm about. Turn it, turn it over a little bit. Is there a something that stands out? Maybe I don't like to use the word disappointment. Maybe greatest challenge so far in your career. Yes, hundred uh, percent. I mentioned my first job as a head coach at the junior college. It was, uh, it was rough. Um, we had a good team the year before my first year there, and then I took the head job about a month before the season started. Our our head coach at the time um, got into a, a, an administrative role at the school and, and gave me the job, um, which I was super excited about, um, you know, thought we had a good team going into the season and we, we just weren't very good. We, we did not click. We, uh, did not win many games at all. And I learned, um, I learned a lot about myself, um, just, just like we all do and in adverse situations, right. The, the, the real, um, character comes out and not all of that was as pretty as I had hoped, but, um, you know, just learn to, yeah, don't think, don't take things so personally. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. We could, we could talk about all that I learned, but it was a very difficult, difficult year. Um, but I'm th thankful for it. Um, like most hard experiences in life, looking back, um, it's helped me out a lot. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I can think of a lot of times in life and, Probably the greatest growth comes from that difficult situation. For sure. You know, yep. so yeah, that's good. That's right. So let's talk about your faith and what role that plays. Um, kind of a two, two prong question or maybe even three, you know, what's the greatest challenge to 
pursuing Jesus while coaching professional baseball, whether it's your job in Arizona uh, or Washington or, or they're in Dominican Republic because your schedule's crazy. You're not at home. You have a home church here in Texas, but you're never home. So how do you, how do you stay connected to the church? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, that, that would have been my answer. Exactly. When, when you're playing every day, um, you know, and you don't have that, that uh, constant connection, um, yeah, you just forced to be very intentional about staying, staying with your people, right? Um, thankfully, their Major League Baseball has a chapel service every Sunday that's provided to every minor league team, the big league teams. And so at least you're getting to hear the word consistently from um, normally, you know, it's a local pastor that does it or somebody um, like that. But, uh, but I'll say this too, um, as, as challenging as that can be, just like the Lord does so often, he, he has, in my short experience in three years, has provided um, people even on my own coaching staff and players and random people that you meet who, um, you know, are like-minded people and who spur you on and, and keep you going in the right direction. And so I've, I've been, um, yeah, not surprised that the Lord would do that because he's kind, uh, but, but, but that's been good. I guess in summary, uh, the, the most challenging part is that you have to be very intentional about staying with, with your people. And I think for, for people who are, um, in, in a stage of life where you're getting to be fed by the word on Sundays or, or whenever consistently take advantage and eat that up, you know, cause, um, I was at a, a Christian school for, for six years of my life and tried not to take that for granted, but, um, you know, sometimes sure wish that it was as easy as it was. Right. So that's what I would say. I'm writing that down. That's a good reminder for even, even myself to not take for granted the fact that, yeah, you know, I can gather with other believers and be encouraged yes. and, and hopefully yeah. encourage others, but, but to constantly stay, stay connected. That's, that's a good reminder because it's easy to get complacent or oh, yeah. just, just busy and, and, and it's, it's easily easy to disconnect and that leads to nowhere good. Yep. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That, that, that's a very good reminder. You have a story or, or testimony of a moment, um, that you've seen God work through you and another player's life? Man, as I thought about that, I think a, a more general answer is fitting in my experience. I, I think the most, and I think any coach listening right now could attest to this. It, it's the, the occasional phone calls from old players or mm -hmm. messages, right? I think a lot of us have experienced that if, and I'm still young and, and working my way through this, but it's starting to happen a little bit more. Um, you know, as your as your players get older and kind of see what you know what you were talking about and those kind of. And I'm not even I'm not a dad yet, but I know that yeah. <laughs> you could attest to that. Your 15 year olds getting a little bit older, and hopefully you recognize some of the things you've taught them and all that stuff. But to me, yeah, it's it's that, and and especially. You know, we, we talked briefly about discipleship earlier, mm -hmm. um, just that those few players that you still take, stay in contact with who really 
had a desire to follow the Lord and who you really connected with and who you continue to connect with as best you can and just walking with them through um, all that they're facing at this you know point in their life, much like um, some of my mentors and coaches did me. I think that um, that to me is is what the Lord has done and is is doing um, in my experience. That's good. I mean, that's a common answer um, talking to to a lot of coaches lately and asking that question. I mean, some do have a specific example, but a lot of them, right. they go back to even ones that have a specific example. They go back to that text message or phone call late at night of, of yep. a guy that they coached five years ago saying, thanks, coach. Yeah, you know, I, I remember you telling me X, you know, and, you know, now it's really sinking in. Right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So the next question, um, I asked this to all athletes, coaches, just about the role of sports and culture. Um, I'm going to kind of ask it a little differently, uh, given you're in the Dominican, because I know baseball plays a big role um, there in bringing people together. Um, and so I can imagine even it's a way there that baseball can tear down walls of race, political beliefs, religious beliefs, socioeconomic status. So how have you seen mm -hmm. the sport just tear down walls? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you said it, even, even this weekend, as I'm spending time with our coaching staff, we've got a guy from Mexico, we've got a guy from Canada, we've got a guy from mm. Puerto Rico, myself from Texas, you know, our coaching staff, wow. we've got a guy from Panama, we've got a guy from the Dominican, you know, so um, I think what, what I'm learning, having lived here for a number of months now, um, and having a number of conversations with people from here, um, and just in the baseball world, especially in professional baseball, you've got people from all over the world, right? Um, is this idea that um, in, in a lot of ways we are the same, but in a lot of ways we're, we are different, and that's okay. And mm -hmm. to, to acknowledge our, our differences is appreciated by the other party. And, you know, I've, I've heard it said before um, – yeah, you know, you're a single guy, right? And somebody comes to you and says, well, I know you're single, man. I know that's really difficult. You want to be married and blah, blah, blah. But I don't even see your singleness, right? I don't even see you like that. And the person receiving it perhaps, um, you know, says, I, I get the sentiment. I appreciate it. But I, but I am who I am. Like, that's what I am right now. So I want you to meet me where I'm at. And, and my point is, I think that getting to know people is the thing that people continue to emphasize, you know, different color, uh, different socioeconomic situation, different background, different experience. It's all a part of who we are. Um, and to not only um, have conversations or learn about people's situations, but actually befriend people who are different than you. Um, is what what I'm learning and what, like you said, sports um, ma makes easier, right? Those doors are open. Those uh, relationships are are easier had. Um, 
And so, yeah, in summary, uh, just get to know each other, man, you know? That's good. No, and I, yeah. I think that's, you know, I was talking to um, another local football coach here the other day, actually recording a podcast, and I was sharing with him that as I've asked this question um, over the last six to nine months and getting very similar answers, what it's really – what God has shown me through that is that it's really a picture of how he designed the church. Yeah. You know, but right Absolutely. now, even, even the church, especially here in America is very divided. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, and it's like, if we can't get along in the church, how in the heck are we going to tear down walls in the culture? But if no we doubt. come together, embrace our differences, you know, yeah. and rally around, um, the basic truths, you know, yeah. and set aside some differences, we could we could bring a lot of culture in the U.S. And, and around the world together just by what you're saying. Just take time to befriend people that are different than us. Amen. So I just, you know, God's really been um, through that question, working on my own part about, hey, that's a picture of the church. It's not, right. just, you know, it's not just in sports. It is true in sports, but it's really um, the way God designs all of us to live. Right. You know, to put aside that stuff and kind of get to know people that are different than us so that's good absolutely absolutely so the next question i ask is more of uh asking for advice or encouragement to a student athlete or a coach we have a lot that that, that listen and it's no secret that especially those that are in the public sector um whether playing or coaching is not as easy as it once was to be bold with their faith mm -hmm. um so how would you encourage a student athlete or a coach that is a believer but maybe struggling to use the platform of athletics to, you know, point people to Jesus? Sure. <clears throat> yeah. I think when when your faith is the center of who you are, right, and it's continue, continue, continuing to become more of that, which it should be for anybody that follows Jesus, Um that the hope is that that just spills out into every area of your life, right? You know, whether you eat, drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Um, so that's, you know, especially like you said, being being um, not at a Dallas Baptist, right? At a mm -hmm. Seattle Mariners organization where you you have to be um, thoughtful about about how you do those things, and it's not as you, you can't just stand stand up and, and preach necessarily, right? Um, right. I really lean on and have I feel like the Lord is, um, yeah, just just reminding me that, you know, scriptures like the, the light of the eyes rejoices the heart. Just just the way that if we're walking with the Lord, and and obviously not perfectly, um, you know, just the way we look at people, and maybe this is me being wishful thinking, but. <laughs> The way that we look at people, the way we smile at them, man, the, the, the words that we say, the things that we do, the way that we conduct ourselves, um, the Lord can and I, I believe does use our, our just our countenance um, to reflect who he is. And and I know this is simple and I'm speaking to myself, but, you know, Paul prayed about God, just open doors so that I can mm. share um, and he'll. Yeah, I just think that's a prayer that he likes answering. and. And it may not, it may be a side conversation. It, it uh, may be something small, uh, but also 
and I, I had heard this my whole life growing up, and I think it's becoming more and more real. Like the relationships that you build and that you invest in, there's just a better shot of those types of um, organic conversations coming up. And so um, I, I, I think being just thinking all in where you are uh, provides um, more and more opportunity for all of those things to happen. You know, if, if you're an athlete on your team and get to know those people on your team, if you're mm. a coach um, for for a team, get to know your coaching staff, get to know your players. And I think often, especially for me growing up, I felt like I needed to be involved in a hundred different things and we got to change the world. And, um, you know, these uh, normal everyday conversations aren't spiritual enough. Um, so I got to go and tell everybody I see, you know, outside of my immediate context about Jesus, just to feel like I'm doing enough. Um, mm. So um, I do think that there, there, we do need to be pushed in that way too, right? The stranger needs right. to hear about Jesus and we need to be uncomfortable and we need to, we need to follow his promptings, but also, um, man, just be, be all in where we are, I think takes care of a lot of that. So that's what I would say. Man, that's good. No, that's 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 very good. I took took a lot of notes on that. that was a good reminder for uh, for all of us that aren't yeah. an athlete or a coach is to you know make sure our faith is a center of who we are and get to know those in our in our circle. Because I'm, I mean, I've been exactly where you described is um, felt like you need to be all over the place and yeah, be a little more intentional. And you know, a lot of people talk about a word for the year and. You know, and that's kind of where I've been trying to focus personally this year is just be more intentional with doing maybe some lesser things, but doing them better versus trying to be that. all over the world. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I like so I'm going to ask you, um, a lot of people have a, uh, they call it a life verse, um, but mm -hmm. a scripture. I'm going to ask you, is, is there one that you would share with us that um, I know you mentioned John 14, 6 a while ago. Is, is, is there a verse that you would share to encourage us or maybe one that God's used in your life recently? Um, you know, I think as I thought about this question, Mark chapter nine, and be honest with you, I couldn't even tell you the exact verse. I, I tell some people sometimes it's my favorite verse and I don't even know the exact reference, which is <laughs> terrible, but it's, it's, it's the story about the, uh, the father who has a son who's been sick for a long time. And, um, and he asked Jesus, can you heal him? And he says, basically, Jesus says, you know, can I heal him? Like, yeah, if you have faith, I I'll heal him. And he says, um, you know, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. Mm. Basically saying, I, I do believe, but I, I'm not sure if I believe. Like, sometimes I don't believe. You know, is that enough for you to still move? And I was, I know, man, like, faith is not um, just as clean and as easy and as smooth sailing as I think a lot of people assume. And I've had a lot, a lot of doubts, salvation, am I truly, you know, truly saved and trying to learn the Lord's voice and um, trying to do this right, wrestling with my own uh, idols and issues and insecurities and like we all do, right? But that has always been so, so helpful for my, my heart and my mind that, man, we, we're not perfect. Um, I, I want to give absolutely everything I got to to honor the Lord because he deserves that um, but man I, I just can't 
yeah, I can't beat myself up too much. The Lord, like, cast your anxieties on me because I care for you, right? And just those grace-filled, loving Father type of verses um, are what I, my heart and mind seem to need to run back to most often. And that's that's what my closest people tell me. So, um, you know, I, it's probably different in some ways for all of us, but that would be what what I lean on. Yeah, that's very good. I like that. That's very that, that's a good one. That's all. That's a very good one to lean on as well. Right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Cool. So last question is about um, and you being a coach understand, you know, in sports, two words that most teams talk about is being all in, you know, Yeah. And we took that when we started doing some sports camps in our hometown of Selma, Alabama in 2015. And now in the Dallas area, you know, we talk about that with kids that we pulled that kind of as a theme from Colossians 317 and paraphrasing that, you know, Paul says, you know, whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We talk to kids about what that means, just not just in spiritual life, but everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what does that mean to you, Austin, in your daily personal walk with Christ? What does it look like for you to be all in every day? Yeah. Um, I've been, I was excited about this question because I, I've been thinking about this recently, this, that, that balance between, um, and I, maybe I, I don't know if this is theologically correct. <laughs> the, it's all grace, right? Um, but then you also look at passages like, the rich young ruler and um, the cost of discipleship and how mm -hmm. there, there is an element of, of Lord, you, you just, you tell me what to do today and I'm going to do it. You know, like I, you say to work at it with all my heart. I, I don't even know if I, I can't do that on my own. I need you, you know? Um, mm. and, and even when I feel like I've nailed it today, I, I, I probably didn't in my motivation. Right. <laughs> and when I think that I screwed everything up, Maybe those are the days that you move the most. And so I, I just, I think it's, it's just a constant going back to the basics of the gospel in that the Lord loves me just the way that I am, not the way I should be, because I'm never going to be as I should be. I, my identity is found in Christ. And out of that, I want to, as best I can, with counsel, with the church with the scriptures with scripture memory with man just do what you've called me to do lord because you deserve that like if you are truly god if you're truly sovereign and i believe that then i you can ask me to do anything you want at any point because i have no rights I, i'm yours right mm. i'm a child of yours you're my daddy like you tell me what to do and so i think just that that fight to be that open-handed is so difficult but like when we start and we try to stay in that place being all in um that that to me is what being all in is like that's that's where we got to start first thing in the morning and then how that looks in our coaching or our playing um maybe is a little more clear right so that's that's kind of where my heart and my mind go with that question Man, that's good. Cause I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, I mean, I, I wish that I lived like that every day. You True. Know? Me too. <laughs> but, you know, and and it's not easy uh, no. because, like you said, there's a cost of discipleship. Mm -hmm. but, I, but I look back at the times in life when I that was my sole focus is some of the best days of my life, Man. you know. 
but when we just get a little bit off, you get a little bit off track because I have it all figured out. Yeah, I can do this, you know, and that's when that's when you know start kind of going to the right or the left when I think I have it all figured out. That's right. That's that's good. That's that that's good. That's very good. I know at least for me, um, that's some good reminders, and I know those listening, obviously, you know, that's you never can get reminded enough of to focus on where our where our identity is. Amen. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Hey, uh, I know it's been a a crazy time for you. Very busy. Um, so thanks for uh, taking a few minutes to absolutely about yourself and encourage us. I know I've been encouraged. Good. Yeah. So have I. So thank you very much. And I'm pumped to see what the Lord's doing in this, in this podcast and in ministry and in your life. And hopefully everybody listening, you were, uh, could take a little bit from it. So good stuff. Yeah. Thanks again to Austin for taking time of his busy schedule during baseball season to join us from the Dominican to share his story, his story of baseball and his journey with Christ and just his passion for the gospel and making Christ known and using the platform that God is giving him through coaching baseball to impact others. Just the encouragement to get to know people, befriend people that are different from us. And I just think about all the time, what if we all did that? We were intentional with our relationships, especially with those that may be a little different from us. We could tear down so many walls in our culture and make such a positive impact. And just to focus on who we are, our identity is not in what we do, it's who we are in Christ. And just also the reminder from Scripture to to cast our anxiety on Him, on God, because He does. He cares for you. He cares for me. And then lastly, just to count the cost of discipleship, that it is a cost. Jesus tells us it, it does cost us something to follow Him. We have to give up our selfish desires and surrender to his plan and understand that his plan is greater than ours. So thanks again, Austin, for reminding us of who we are in Christ, that we need to focus on that identity and to be intentional with our relationships. I hope you were encouraged like I was. I I ask you to share this episode with a family member or a friend, someone that needs to be encouraged today that's in your life, share it with them. Also, I ask you that if you're not a subscriber to this podcast, you're just listening to this maybe for the first time, that you would click the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you use so you can have access to the 74 previous episodes and all the episodes to come will just automatically download into whatever platform you use. And the last thing I would ask you is that um, you would continue to, to pray for us You can interact with us as well through social media, particularly our Facebook page, All In Sports Outreach, or our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Find out who we are, why we do what we do, opportunities to pray for us, to serve with us, opportunities to give. And again, we are incredibly grateful, number one, that you took the time to listen, number two, for your constant prayers, encouragement, and support. And until next time.